0: Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at PIRB.co.za for more.
1: A warm welcome to our audience. My name is Willem Klupe. I'm your host. And with me in studio, I have Mr. Richard Bailey. And yet again today, we're going to have a lack of technical discussion around waste pipe connections. Richard, welcome to the studio and thanks for joining me.
2: Hi, Willem. Thanks, Yeah, As always, very pleased to be here. And um, let's have another technical quick discussion i love these things
1: yeah absolutely i think the value that it carries and, and, and brings to to the plumbers out there and to the audience um it's it's, it's unmeasurable yeah
2: yeah no no i agreed and i like the format as well you know just short sweet snippets and it's easy to listen to and it's quick and you're on to the next one
1: like a convenient while you're on your way to a site just chuck yourself phone on your earphones in and have a like a listen to uh, to these podcasts agreed We'll give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves right after this.
0: Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users.
1: Okay, so Richard, why would Waste Pipe Connections be the subject of such a technical podcast?
0: Yeah, well,
2: Waste Pipe pipe Connections, and and I mean, I term it, you term it, broadly like that, but the, can, the way in which plumbers are asked to have to connect waste pipes to the sewer system, and I, I use these words very carefully, Villain, because very often, and we you can go back to previous podcasts you know that we've done particularly about the the interaction with a plumber to the to the powers that be you'll remember that you know we we spoke about the fact that often a plumber is boxed into a corner and he can't really he, he's, his hand is forced and he's he's forced almost to to not comply with the standards so when I say that waste pipe connections to the sewer system are often the result of bad building design and, and not always. So we're not blameless as plumbers and installers, but, mm-hmm. um, but yes, sometimes it is very, very difficult to comply with the standards uh, on a, on a new contract on a new building, for example, um, when it's been badly designed and it really is uh, it the mistakes that are made there. Um, with the waste pipe connections are really and truly I can be honest with them when I say this it's it's one of the most common causes of of consumer complaints when once they've moved into a new property those consumer complaints form a narrative that is very common to most plumbers so it really does become a very common problem and I, and I think that uh, it, I think we all know the requirements but um, the standards themselves are exhaustive. They are. They have got pages and chapters regarding rules surrounding what we as installers are allowed to do and what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. SANS 10252-2 and the other standard that we will always reference to is SANS 10400, which of course forms part of the building um, the building regulations, 10400 Part P. These standards, you know, they cover a vast array of um, things within the design of a sewer system and go a waste system. So things like sizing, pipe sizing, things like hydraulic load. How much hydraulic load uh, should a pipe or is a pipe supposed to be or designed to to, to be carrying? What about... Where and how I'm supposed to or allowed to connect these pipes to a sewer system? I, I can't just drill a hole in a pipe and put it in, you know. There's ways in which need, that, that needs to be done.
1: And obviously, I mean, Richard, it's not just about the effectivity of the system, but it's also the health and the safety surrounding it. <laughs> So, obviously, you should look at how it's allowed to be connected. There are reasons for, for having rules and regulations in place. That,
2: that, that you, that's a huge thing. Health and safety, and often people... You know, consumers, you know, they. we we take things for granted. Uh, the the human-animal villain, we take things for granted. I go and run a, a, a bath or I get in a shower. I don't know where that water goes. to. I'm a consumer. I'm not a plumber, you know. I take for granted it just goes somewhere. I don't care where it goes as long as it goes away and it doesn't stay in my shower.
1: You know, that's, that's – yeah, that's when we start complaining, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it?
2: <laughs> and then something goes wrong, and, and your shower starts to fill up, and then you're like, "Oh dear, what's happening here?" Um, mm, mm. But absolutely, there is a there is a tremendous emphasis on health and safety when you're talking about you're talking about sewage. You know, you're connecting to a sewer mm. system. Yes, it's waste parts, but it connects eventually to sewer, and we all know as plumbers and and consumers, are, I'm sure, that. Um, at some point along the line, you know, you might get bad smells and that's the least of it. You might mm. get actual effluent coming up uh, into a bath, for example. I mean, that's not healthy.
1: And and, and and then it comes back to the fact that, you know, when, when the design of buildings uh, included Plumbing as a sort of an afterthought, um, and not part of the initial uh. discussions and initial planning and designs, um, it makes it all the more difficult for plumbers to to actually be make the install installations compliant, and hence yeah. it's so important. I I, I now realise why it's so important to address waste pipe connections and make it a subject of a discussion in in such a podcast
2: yeah uh, you know again you know we it's such a broad subject we're certainly not going to cover all the bases in this podcast but but a number of just uh, highlighted things that we can highlight you know um, in terms of where we go wrong you've hit the nail on the head you know people don't think of stuff like this going wrong until it goes wrong and then there's Panic everywhere, and everybody's shouting and screaming and very often, because of the design uh, it's, it's it's very difficult or sometimes impossible to rectify
1: absolutely you were mentioning a couple of examples you mentioned uh, sizing hydraulic load in um, where connections and how connections are allowed to be made. Uh, what about configurations
2: yeah. Uh, Well, configuration uh, that goes into the design of the pipework, and that's usually in the domain of the plumber. You know, the plumber uh, is is given a blank piece of paper to work with. Very often, his hands are tied in terms of the design, but let's move beyond that. But then, you know, we, we go ahead and we interconnect pipes and that sort of thing. So there's a lot... Of areas that we can talk about where the installers actually go wrong and and, and that we can, as installers, uh, rectify situations and take it upon ourselves to, you know, like like all of our discussions we have, Willem, it's about t- ownership. It's about taking responsibility. We know what's required. Why don't we just tell the people that this is what's required or, or at the very least, you know, if our hands really and truly are tied, we can then in writing notify the necessary people the yeah, and say you have you have stifled me you have prevented me from from installing a a compliant installation. Here's why, and this is the references to the standards, and, and I hereby uh, place all the responsibility for the design of the system onto your shoulders, Maneer, because you told me to do it like this, or you haven't allowed for a hmm. duct or whatever the case may be. All of
1: that aside, let's look at where the installers is going yep. Not necessarily…
2: The, not, yeah. not necessarily the design, but I mean, look, we 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 must we must include, mm. you know, all things. But I just want to be clear, uh, Willem, This amount of time allocated to a podcast is not sufficient to address all the little nuances for Absolutely. of things. And also, we're not talking about sewage sewage systems Absolutely. here. We're talking specifically about waste pipes. Know. And pipes. how they get to sewer systems. So we're not even talking about venting or anything like that. For example, interconnection of waste pipes or interconnecting waste pipes. When, you, when, I, when I interconnect waste pipes with one another, we talk about uh, – th- this is predominantly, and we're speaking about a domestic plumbing situation or dwelling plumbing situation where you've got bathrooms. So all your sanitary fixtures are in ranges, Okay. I beg your pardon, not ranges, groups, because ranges are the sanitary fixtures that is 10 basins in a row. That's a range of basins, or or, or five or 10 showers Mm. in a row, like in a dormitory. That's a range of showers. So those plumbing fixtures are in ranges, and those can be interconnected. We're not going to go there now, but we're talking about groups of people of sanitary fixtures, which occur in a bathroom, for example. You've got a bath, a basin, a shower, a toilet. That's a group of sanitary fixtures. Now, you can't interconnect those. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the standards, as I said earlier, are quite exhaustive. I mean, if you look at uh, – and I'll give you the references, uh, the guys that are listening to this, if you've got the standards available, look in 10252-2, 4.4.3.6. They talk about traceability of pipes – and the accessibility of of the same pipes. And also, they do say in 6.2.3.2 that they need to be connected separately to the sewer or to the stack. So you cannot have a basin hooking up with a bath going into one pipe and then exit the slab and into a stack. Rule of thumb would be to have every single fixture unit or fixture Exiting mm-hmm. separately out of the slab to the to a point where the vertical stack is there, and then you can connect to that stack or to a gully outside or to a stub stack for for, for, for that matter, so interconnecting is a big problem. we should never interconnect uh, groups of sanitary wear. The next problem is undersized piping this is particularly prevalent in Cape town for some reason i know that uh, where you are um Willem, the guys they all seem to be using 50 millimeter pvc pipes and in Cape town here there's a prevalence of a uh, of 40 millimeter pvc piping and the only pipe that uh, is allowed to be a 32 mil nominal diameter which is an inside diameter in other words a 40 mil pvc is Uh, is -hmm. a waste pipe from a single basin or from a bidet or from a drinking fountain. Those are the only three that are allowed to be 40 mil. And they are only allowed to be 40 mil PVC when they are not going to be discharged into a stack or a stub stack. Anything going into a stack must be 50 mil PVC. In other words, I'm using technical terms, but... The standards use the term 40-millimeter nominal. That's inside Mm -hmm. diameter. It's it's at least 40. And if you do the measurements and do the calcs, Mm -hmm. that translates to you and I as installers to 50-millimeter PVC. So everything has got to be 50-millimeter PVC if you're using PVC, if it's going to a stack. It's got to be separate. And it's got to be – there's a lot of other stuff that takes place. as this. I'm not talking about venting distances – all that Mm. now. We're not going to go into that now, but we're just talking about the connection, the how to connect these things. So may not interconnect, got to be 50 mil. Pretty much everything's got to be 50 mil, except if you've got a basin discharging into a gully, that can be 40, and it's short enough to to do that. Then things like lack of fall. Now, we all know the story. You've got a, a slab that is about to be poured, You've got your waste pipes Mm -hmm. already set out and fastened to uh, to the steel cage, uh, the concrete steel reinforcing cage, and you're waiting for the concrete. The guy comes with um, the concrete, you know, one of the wires that that have fastened the pipes come loose, whatever, you know, things happen, and this pipe all of a sudden has got a bow or a belly or a bump in it, and it's not got a fall. It's not got a proper fall. Or, for example, the thing is so far away – that you can't rec- you can't realize the fall. So that's another problem. Lack of falls. You're not going to have a proper discharge if you don't have falls. Um, yeah. Acute angles. The standards prohibit us from joining or making changes of direction uh, at acute angles. Now, acute angle is more than 90 degrees. So when it goes back on itself. It doesn't happen very often, but I've seen it. Um, but I Remember this one job that I had a look at. I, I inspected it, and the the, the I don't know the, the 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 installer must have had like a fetish for for acute angles every second. Waste pipe <laughs> joining um, a, a horizontal underslung drainage system in the basement was at an acute angle. It was going back on itself time and time and time again. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't fathom it because there were so many more simpler ways to do it, to do those connections. But anyway, so acute angles. Then lack of access, Willem. I mean, we talk about being able to maintain things properly. Um, how do I maintain a pipe system or pipe work system if I can't get to it whether it's the inside of it yeah, yeah.
1: If, prov- if provision for access to it hasn't been made
2: correct uh, so so both on the outside think of a uh, for those plumbers out there think of a vertical stack in a nice spacious duct that you can get to you can get to all the junctions versus a stack that has been built into a cavity wall. how on earth do I service mm. that stack um, if it's if it's You know, if it's in a cavity wall, then you've got to go and create tremendous amounts of damage. uh, And the customer doesn't really understand why because, you know, so all these things start to happen. Um, Bad products. That's another thing where we've got people using inferior products or products that are not supposed to be used um, in – a particular situation and they're being used i'll give you an example and we see it often eh? Um, flexible pan connectors which should not even be used period they're being used not only underground but they are being used inside of concrete and inside of walls so people build around these things Um, i promise you we've seen it we've seen it so so that's the that's the that's the other thing um if it's not going to last this the lifespan of the system then it's then it's not suitable for the it's not suitable for the purpose and then of course, lastly yeah. willem just sorry to interrupt you there is um is venting which we're not going to get into, but yeah. lack of venting a, and lack of proper venting and lack of d- not understanding what needs to be vented and how it must be vented uh, leads to a lot of problems as well so those are the what five or six. Um, main things that we do wrong, that we can change as Absolutely.
1: installers. Absolutely. I mean, the standards are clear. You said they're exhaustive. They've got st- stacks and, and and tons of information in there on how these things uh, must or should be done. Um and, and absolutely, it's in the hands of the installer to, to do that. And yes, I do understand, and we've mentioned that a little earlier in this conversation, that, that sometimes a plumber's hand is forced to do an installation uh, that, that may not be compliant. But uh, on the other hand, if it does, if if, if designs of buildings, etc. does allow for it, then it's in the hands of the installer to, to do it in the right way. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this.
0: Plumber training has never been easier with Articulated Plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy-to-follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber.
1: So I want to ask, Richard, are there any other mistakes made regarding the connection of fixtures? Uh, to waste pipes Uh, things like like basins and and bar tips etc
2: yeah uh, beyond the actual waste pipe and and um, uh, I think it's quite important question that you ask there because it is very I mean it's they work hand in glove don't they it's how do I connect a waste pipe to my fixture well there's this thing called trap a trap right Uh, and and it's called a fixture trap I don't know how, how technically extensive your, your knowledge of plumbing is, Willem, But I'm going to tell you. <laughs> call call, call
1: that, me um, a consumer. A
2: fixture, <laughs> yeah, a fixture trap, right, is, is there, and it's like a U-shaped bend, or and sometimes it's in the shape of an S, but what it basically does is it traps a little bit of water within the pipe and it, in that U bend, the U part of it, and um, that – is there, depending on the depth of that trap, and we'll talk about the depth, but um, that is there to prevent the gases, the sewer gas from escaping into the room and creating bad smells. So it's a it's a little trap which which does exactly that. It traps a little bit of water, so so it blocks the pipe, okay? Just but just a little bit, and so it stops the air from traveling back into the house. Now no. traps have to comply with certain things as well. And there's three things that that we see so often that um, installers get wrong. And it's probably not the installer either. It's it's the you know it's the um the 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 homeowner or the at least the developer that says now here I've bought these traps and these are the ones you're gonna put in. By the way, um on that on that note um I believe IOPSA have just published a pamphlet that um is a notice to the consumer or to whoever it is. If you have supplied me this trap and I recognize it to be non-compliant or whatever it is, whether it's a tap, whether it's a a bath or a basin, and I know that it's non-compliant, he has a little notice that I'm filling in and it's got all the relevant information on there. You just fill in the the, the, the sort of the, the, the details of the product, and you give it to the client. Client signs it, and you are absolved of that responsibility. So, if the client insists that you go and put in something non-compliant, well, that's his yeah, problem.
1: You've, you've
2: I digress, but <laughs> you,
1: you've notified him of yeah. what it should comply to and comply with. Sorry, comply with, and 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 um, yeah, I mean, then it still remains there. at the, at the end of the day, they now know. And they make their decisions regarding regarding the information sheet with them.
2: Yeah, they've instructed me to do it. They insist. You know, they're paying my money, so. And they say, "No, I, this is the tap that I want in this basin." Okay, but it's not compliant. Well, so don't call me back. <laughs> so that's just, yeah. but I mean, let's get back to traps. So they've got they've got to be smooth. The interior surface of a trap has got to be smooth. Think of Constantina traps. Is that smooth? No. Uh, what about the diameter? The standards say in six point six point one, this is one oh two five two stroke two. It says um, that the internal diameter of any fixture trap may not be. There may not be a, a portion of it that is a smaller of a smaller diameter than the actual fixture outlet itself. So often that is the case. Again, with these Constantina traps. It's not only not smooth, but it's smaller than the internal diameter of the, of the fixture outlet. And then the seal depth, the depth of the seal. Now, on single stack systems or single pipe systems or one pipe systems where we've got a single stack, which serves both as the discharge stack as well as the vent stack, or, for example, a stub stack system, you're, you're any trap from a fixture that is going to be connected to such a stack or a stub stack, has to be at least seventy-five millimeters. Now think about that. Okay, um, if you're an installer, you know. Think about a shower trap, for example. Is it seventy-five mil? The new flatter shower traps are there. Is that a seventy-five mil depth seal? You know the Constantina things that that the guys love using because <laughs> then they don't have to be accurate with the waste pipe placements. That's that's non-compliant. It's right there in the standards. If you use it. It is going to be non-compliant and deemed non-compliant. And, you know, Willem, somebody's s- sitting there listening to me and saying, oh, but so what if it's non-compliant? It still runs out. You know, that, nothing's going to happen. Okay, so let's just take a, a, a scenario where something does go wrong and it causes some damage somehow. I'm not going to try and invent a scenario, but let's just say something goes wrong. If it's found that you have used products that are non-compliant, uh, and not notified anybody, and just done it anyway. Um, and it can be connected to that product in any way. You've got no leg to stand on. You have, you will be held responsible, accountable so, for that. Yeah, yeah. So not smooth, small diameter, and the uh, inadequate depth of seal for those fixture traps. Those are the three problems there.
1: So just at the beginning of this uh, podcast, we we mentioned consumers complaining about stuff you know when you're standing in that shower and the water pushes back and you're standing in your own uh, you know your own wastewater what other type of complaints were you referring to what other complaints are are coming in from the consumer's perspectives
2: yeah i mean this is this is something that's uh, very common i swear if i had a rant for every time i spoke to a Client that has just moved into a new property, and they say these things you know my shower is 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 discharging very slowly um, it's it 's a slow discharge that that 's common. We talk about mm-hmm. multi story uh, dwellings, uh, both on ground floor, which might or might not go to a gully, but then first floor, et etc I mean right up to blocks of flats, you know you, you can talk about these things in the way that these have been connected have all got a bearing on the, on the performance of the system. And the performance of the system mm-hmm. is what the consumer sees. So slow discharge and then gurgling and burping. Gurgling and burping, it's just my terms that I, that I use. But gurgling I, I, I tend to use when there is a negative pressure on the system and there is a vacuum or a suction a negative pressure on the system and it sucks air into the system through your uh, basin trap or your shower trap or whatever. Okay. Now that occurs – when you have got interconnected waste pipes, the one body of water rushes past the connection of another and it creates a negative pressure behind it and it sucks that trap and it gurgles that trap and what happens is it empties that trap slightly and if it happens often, it will empty it sufficiently so that the water seal disappears oh. and now you've got an open trap. So, all the smells come in mm. and are all over the place and then... Burping, what I call burping, uh, you might call it something different, but that's a positive pressure. So same scenario, interconnected waste pipes, waste pipes that are not properly led to a sewer system. Um, and somewhere along the line, a positive pressure is created behind or at the fixture trap, and it burps air out through the basin trap, through the shower trap, through the bath trap. So that that doesn't uh, it won't really empty the trap per se, as gurgling or sucking, mm. but it will cause smells. That's I mean, sure. there's, the, there's, yeah. So there's the air ge- being ejected into the into the bathroom. That all comes about from incorrect pressures within the system. Now, um, the the way in which we route these pipes, the size of these pipes, and the aeration of these pipes, those are all design factors that that prevent these things from happening. Mm-hmm. So when a client says, oh, geez, I've got this funny noise coming out of my trap and it's, and, and it, and it, it smells. smells. On the face of it, it's a common complaint, but it can point to such a systemically bad design and terrifically difficult to rectify. Well, I mean, you've got to understand, these things are cast in concrete already. For That's sure. my flaw. It's, how, how do I rectify this? You know, So <laughs> it's, a, it's a really, really common uh, problem. Um,
1: yeah. Not only difficult, but also quite expensive to 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 rectify.
2: Well, sometimes it's actually impossible. I mean, how do you go and 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 chop up an entire floor? I mean, nobody's going yeah. to two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand <laughs> rands with a, to to rectify a, a burping <laughs> a trap, of, you know,
1: a, a little bit of a smell. Well, not a little bit, but it, a, you know, smell.
2: Yeah. So so what happens is that people sort of just well they just give up. I mean it's like, well, I have to live with it. And it's not fair. It's just not fair. I want to say just one thing, Willem. Um, I mentioned venting, but 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 the configuration and the way in which we install these things has a big impact on this kind of on these kind of problems. Mm. You cannot just point to lack of venting and yeah. say, oh I'll put a vent here which will sort it. No. It's a combination of correct venting, of correct uh, configuration of correct sizing, of correct routing, of correctly joining it to a properly vented stack—all these factors work hand in glove with one another, and you cannot just solve this a problem like this just with a one bandaid somewhere. Yeah. Uh, having having said that, there are w- ways in which you can put band aids on and and fix the little saw, you know, but but the but the underlying illness is still there and it's still going to be.
1: Yeah, you can you can sort of fix the yeah. the symptoms but not necessarily the cause they have.
2: That's right. I don't want to get into details, you know, because <laughs> uh, we just don't have the time oh, sure. to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the last thing of is, is which affects clients greatly is lack of traceability and accessibility. If they've got an, a recurring problem with a waste system or a sewer system, and it's not traceable because it's all interconnected in the concrete and it's not accessible because it's all built in Th- that poor client now has to go to great expense to exactly. break their walls and and and, floors, and concrete people. floors up and it and it's so simple to get right it's so easy to get right it really is
1: they should have got that right from the very beginning, from the design, from the building, from the construction Absolutely. of the buildings, etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fact is, is you know, we've mentioned all of these factors and we've mentioned the things where the, uh, you know, the design of buildings can have an effect and we where also just from, from an installer's perspective where they go wrong and where they do things that they can actually do differently. I mean, they've got the know-how, they've got the knowledge, they've got the skills and the competencies, the correct and compliant Components and products are out there available to use, so it 's absolutely fantastic that you 've shared this information with the audience out there for the consumers as well as for the installers because the the consumer doesn 't necessarily have the knowledge um, about these things so so it's it 's up to the installers to to assist and do the right thing
2: absolutely and I would encourage you know um, there 's no substitute for for knowing the standards and 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 unfortunately there's there's no way to know the standards except by repetition you just got to go consult them go consult them go consult them go consult mm. them and eventually you get it you know where to go and look for stuff so i would really encourage um uh, plumbers and installers out there really go and, go and get sans 10252 stroke 2 with regards to sewer and waste systems as well as sans 10400 that's 10400 uh, part p which is f- also it's the same it's the same information it's just set out in a different way and um just familiarize yourself with the standards because it's all there eh? it's all there yeah. this isn't this isn't like a revelation or anything this is all available in the standards and it's it's information that we should all have at our fingertips mm. and you know it's it's a nice tool to to have at your disposal to show and to have these discussions with a with an architect or an engineer. and say, excuse me, Mr. Architect, uh, could I propose that we do the following? This is uh, and this is the reasons, and then you have a discussion, yeah. and and then you know people people reach agreements, and, and everybody smiles. Yeah,
1: constructive dis- discussion.
2: C- correct, because that's I mean that's what you want to do. You don't want to fight with anybody. No, you sure. just want to solve solve the problem. Yeah, point
1: out the facts. Yep. Just before wrapping up this conversation, have a listen to this. I'd like to encourage our audience to follow Articulate It Plumber on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulate It Plumber. Richard, thanks a stack for what you've shared. Thank you for your time.
2: No, it's only a pleasure, Willem, as always, man. Uh, I look forward to these things.
1: Yeah, and then obviously uh, thanks to the audience for having tuned in and listened.